Hello and welcome to the Garda Growth Podcast. Today I'm joined by Mark Fox. Mark Fox is a brain behind the Kahuna's platforms and many other platforms that you might have used, trained by JP, uh, John Dewey University. Mark is an incredible entrepreneur and it's very easy to see what makes him successful and what's the mindset that he goes into place for him to build these big coaching platforms. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me, Mark. Yeah, no worries. It's an absolute pleasure. Like I, uh, as I said, like when I got your message on Instagram, I was, I went onto your Instagram, had a look at what you do, checked out your website as well. And it looks like you're getting some awesome results. So uh, I was delighted to jump on the podcast with you. Yeah. And I'm pretty new to making content. So I've only actually been doing it for two months. I resisted for a long time. So yeah. I feel as though I was a bit of a dinosaur because um, <laughs> I didn't want to give in to content. I actually wanted to be in the beginning, not in front of the camera. I was quite shy. So sure. That, that curve of me now giving in and then, you know, the change curve that you go through and then you finally accept it, then you embrace it. And now I'm at that embracing stage where I can talk a lot more comfortable. Nice. What, what was the initial like motivation for you to do it? It was, um, I thought every business now can't, you have to be a faceless, you can't be a faceless brand. In the past, people will buy a brand and it didn't have to have a face to it. But now more and more with content marketing, people feel connected and they build trust to a face and to a person. So if I had released Guided Growth just as a company, I don't think it would have worked. And I think I need to be the face for it. And I can see that straight away in the first eight months of performance compared to the other two months where I hadn't been making content and it's drastically different because the marketing channel has completely changed which means I have to change my game and change my whole um, being in front of the camera and just be myself. For sure. Yeah, it's that, a huge difference. It's been a massive shift. And has it been the same for you? Because you, you, have you been making content since the very start of Coconuts or has, is it a new thing? Yeah, I. but the same as you. It was one of those things that I'm, I don't like being in front of the camera. And so I've always been, throughout my career, I've been the guy behind the scenes that's been responsible for um, like digital strategy, technical infrastructure, um, yeah. putting in the business strategy and helping to scale and grow and having the technical infrastructure to support that. And so I would always work with someone that was brilliant in front of the camera. And so that combining our skills meant that we had success. And then doing kahunas, in the beginning, I tried to be kind of not a faceless business, but I tried the generic kind of posts that companies would put out. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't, it didn't feel right to be honest, but also it's really crappy at engagement and trying to build trust with people. It is that. And obviously on the topic of Kahunas, mm. how long have you been going now? Cause you have obviously mass grown massively. Are you, have you surpassed two and a half thousand, uh, users now, or is that? Yes. No, we're up to, uh, 2,700 and like nine or 2,700 and yeah, nine or 10 or something this morning when I checked. <laughs> nice. And, um. Did that growth, like how long have you been going and what, like when did there was the spike? Was, was it, has it all been linear or has it just been an exponential growth since you've changed something? Yeah, great question. Uh, so we, we officially launched about 21, 22 months ago. So our second birthday is going to be uh, in July. And when we initially launched, it was kind of slow to get started. The, and I always advise this with anyone launching anything is in the beginning, you want to launch your MVP. So your minimal viable product to make sure that what you're doing makes sense. Because why, if you're going to spend like two, three, four, five years building something and you put it out there, 
the market could have changed. The thing you're building might not be what someone wants. It might not resonate with your audience and you've wasted all this time and energy. And so for me, it was about day one, we need to get something out and then where do we go from there? And it was very quick, very quickly for me to identify that the only way this works is by having coaches involved in building out the platform. So yeah. rather than me saying, you guys need this, this is how this is going to work. And this is what we should do. There's a case of like, right, what do you want and how can we make it better? And then building it from there. And for us, like over the first 18 months, so up until like October last year, it was just about making sure we had the basics, right? And that the like fundamentals were in place, both from a technical infrastructure to be able to support our growth, but also that the system was stable so that people weren't going to have like crashes or bugs and all these things going wrong all the time. And at that point, only then was I comfortable to implement our digital like marketing strategy and to start to push like with all our ads. And then from there, we experienced over the last, uh, so up until December, we had a thousand coaches. And then from December till now, we've got 2,710. Incredible. So that's quite out of the box. So initially, when you think of most brands, they start, mm -hmm. they decide who they are, their core mission, and then they go for, right, are we going to go for paid or organic ads? But you actually didn't. Yeah. You went for uh, networking within the, with trainers and with coaches, yeah. and then using their face and then advocating for kahunas as a yeah. way to launch. Exactly right, yeah. The, for me, the community has been the biggest success for kahunas. And it was, so in the beginning, just through my experience, like I've got this really good network of coaches that I have just spoken to, worked with just through association and being in the, the kind of small niche of fitness and bodybuilding. And when we launched, a number of them came on to help me get to grips with what it was we're doing. And I would work with them every single day. We'd have calls to figure out what they needed. And it was very apparent just with the shift of everything as well. And I think coming you know, through COVID and all that stuff, there's a sense of like unity in people and communities and people wanting to be a part of something. And with that, like us working together, we've managed to build out this incredible platform. And all the way up until the end of last year, it was just 100% referral based. So people just getting the word out um, and honestly just having conversations with people to make sure that we were doing a good job. Yeah, that's really uh, it's very harder to leave a community. It's very easy to leave a platform, a gym membership, yeah. but it's hard to leave a community because we build friendships. You know, um, when I worked at Virgin Active, we would see the people that would stay, for, the ones that would use the classics, were far more likely to stay in the gym membership because they would build a community. So whether you did yeah. yoga or whatever class you did, you end up building a community within that gym. And then you don't want to leave. And then the lifetime value is just far higher because of the community element. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it's all, all been about, like having that. We actually just, in our Facebook group, um, we just hit like a thousand coaches in the Facebook group itself. And so in our group now, like every single day, like, oh, so I wake up at like four in the morning. And the moment I wake up, the first thing I do is I'll jump in the Facebook group. And then throughout the day, whenever I get a chance, I'll jump in there. And, and if we send out, well, every Friday, I send out an email to everyone directly from me. And in every email to, we've got like nearly 5,000 subscribers on it. And so 2,700 of them as coaches. In every email, I always put like, hit reply. And I promise you, it comes back to me and I'll reply to you personally. And I do. Every single person that replies, I'll have a conversation with. I'll figure out what we can do better for them. Or sometimes they just want to say like, it's amazing. Thank you. And, but 
I think it's so important to have that relationship with our, because our, they're not just coaches in our system. They're, they're the whole reason that Kahunas is what it is. And so I really want them to feel part of it. It's incredible. And so just to jump back a little bit, you know, yeah. um, so you're a web developer initially, and then you've got involved in the bodybuilding fitness. So very early on, you've, your skill obviously is networking because you've constantly networked with the right people and the people that you want to work with and then built these systems out from there. So yeah. how did that, how did you initially start in the bodybuilding and fitness space? Were you already a bodybuilding fan or did you just get connected to this group of people? Yeah, good question. All right, so initially, so I'm a self-taught web developer and coder. And I, just going back slightly before that, was I, I worked for a recruitment agency when I was very young. And within like two weeks of being at a recruitment agency, I decided that, who needs this? I could do this on my own. Like I could do this from my bedroom. And so I left the recruitment agency and decided, um, not decided, I was like, I need a website. Because if I'm calling up clients, they need to see this website that can show them who I am, what my business is. Yeah. But I called up all these development companies at the time and they were like, yeah, it's six grand for a website. It's 10 grand for a website. And at that time, I was like in my, I don't know, early 20s, I guess, something like that, late teens. And that was a lot of money. Like to me, that was like huge. If someone's got five grand to spend on something, that's like huge amounts of money. And so I couldn't afford it. And I was just like, how do I build a website? So I think back then I went to the library, got books, and literally day in, day out for like sat there reading books and like coding a little bit, putting it live, seeing what it looked like and go back and forth and doing that. And ultimately, uh, the recruitment business did quite well, but then it, the recession hit in the UK, lost the business. And then all I had left was like this skill of building websites. So no money, this skill of building pretty rubbish websites at the time. I was like, I, I don't want to go and get a job for someone else. I need to make money doing this. So then yeah. for family and friends and everyone, I was just like, look, I'll do your website for I think I started like 50 pounds and then it got up to like 75 pounds. And then eventually I was charging like 295 pounds and I was building all these websites for small businesses and it allowed me to build up lots of experience to like develop my skill as a, a coder and developer working for myself. Eventually I got one other person on to start helping me. Um, and then that kind of went tits up as well, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and during around this time, I, just got into bodybuilding and fitness. So I started doing, just for training, I started training for a triathlon, but I've got some old injuries from a motorbike accident when I was younger. And so during the triathlon training, my knee gave out and I wasn't able to continue cycling and running. And so I had this bug for the gym. So I started going to the gym and like then got into bodybuilding and I would go on the forums and Jordan Peters at the time and Ben Bukowski which forum were you using? Was it bodybuilding.com? Was it T Nation? Was it uh, what forums were they? Uh, all of them, I think. Like any anyone I could find. Um, I was just, but I would follow religiously. Like Jordan used to post his um, like stuff on there all the time. I remember uh, seeing. Do, yeah. <laughs> and I would like I'd follow that religiously, um, and then um, like I got Jordan to like prep me for a bit, and and then not prep me, but like just help me grow, and then. I went out to see him when he was like a personal trainer in Birmingham. And um, yeah. we sat, my wife had like booked for my birthday to go see him. And we sat down and I was like, oh, he was like talking about doing some sort of client management thing at that time. And I was like, oh, with everything you do, it'd be really cool if like you had a website and we could put your content on it and people could access it and all this stuff. Um, and we kind of built something out of nothing that we didn't know what it was going to be. 
And I remember we were so excited when we got like 500 people. We were charging $5.99 a month, £5.99. And we got so excited when we got 500 members. It was like, mind's blown. Um, and then with that as well, I, uh, I was very into like what Ben Pekulski advocated because he was kind of anti-bro training, just like Jordan was. And I really resonated with a lot of stuff he did. And so I remember like basically pestering Ben Bukowski, just emailing him, DMing him on social. And I was like, um, Ben, like, I want to work with you. Like, here's the stuff I can do. Like, here's what I think you should do with this, that, and the other. And eventually he agreed to have a call with me. And I remember getting on this call. It was a stupid o'clock in the morning because he was in Tampa. Um, and we're in the UK. And it was like late at night for him. It was early hours in the morning for me. And I was like, I still now remember shaking like with anxiety and heart palpitations like getting on a call with ben Bukowski. like at this point he's stepping on the olympia stage like one of the yeah. best in the world and i'm like nervous and i'm like i'm like yeah ben I'll, i could like i'll do anything I'll, i can build this i could do that i could do whatever and it just so happened that at this point in time there were areas of his team that he needed development in and help with the technical infrastructure so he's like all right we'll give it a go and then we gave it a go and he then brought me in as like a business partner into his business. And I built out all the technical infrastructure there with Ben and helped him with uh, the relaunch of like MI40X and that sort of stuff. And then with Jordan, we continued to build out um, Trained by JP. And then we built out the apps on that. And then through Ben, I met Joe Bennett. And then we, with Joe Bennett, we got into business together and built that out. Um, and then with that, things just evolved. And through this like little network, Joe then recommended me to Eugene. Um, Joe also recommended me to John Jewett. And yeah. so that's then how I built those relationships uh, and other relationships along the way that I've worked with those people as well. That's amazing. And obviously there was a, an early on skill from uh, working as, uh, in your recruitment agency around mm -hmm. connecting with people, which obviously comes into fact with you're now stacking on top of your web developer and you've got these new skills and you keep combining them and building out your business. But yeah. in, uh, with Trained by JP, I was, I was probably one of the early 500 uh, subscribers on there. And nice. I remember 5.99 logging in and seeing the amount of content on there. And yeah. um, I think I would always use it on my computer and I would always log in. And you made a, a video, uh, you might have been a podcast recently, and you said when people are consuming e-learning, a lot of the times they sat at their computer and they're yeah. ready to learn and they're separating that time. And I remember that's exactly what I was doing at the time. I would start taking time away and that e-learning format, which was very early on, let's say it's 2016, 2017, hmm. you was kind of putting out that content then and it was done in a very digestible format. And obviously when you've now gone on to build this method for so many others, it's just a repeatable process. You know exactly what the user wants, how it should yeah. go. And it's... um. And now that experience, you've obviously funneled it all into Kahunas on how you, a user-friendly software, but now the utility is so different. Yeah. And it's all about, like for anyone, it's, it's never the way you want things to be done, right? You have to remove the barrier to entry for any potential yeah. like, customer. The easier you can make it for someone to make a purchase, the, the, like, just the more likely they are to do it. Like I know for myself that often... I'll pay more for things just because of the convenience of how easy it is to purchase. And you have to think about how your end user is consuming your content or where your audience actually is. Like, so there's no point, for instance, if I, if I was a coach or something and I was going to target you know, people in their forties or mums in their forties, I'm probably not going to do it on Instagram. 
because that's just not where they're going to be. As much as I like using Instagram, they're not going to be there. And the same if I'm going to target people under the age of 25, I'm probably not going to use Instagram. And it's about like identifying who that customer is and then connecting with them on their level and providing them with the tools that they expect to use without having to learn new behaviors in order to get them into your service and then to build a community around like-minded individuals. Mm. And it's tough because Kahuna's itself is, is built for everyone to be able to use. And so that for us, the only way we could ensure that everyone's getting what they want is to then move our development into a feature request whereby you as a coach, we, you can put your idea up on the board. So any idea is welcome and then other people will vote on it. And then we'll take those best ideas to continue to develop it. And that ensures that we're always giving coaches exactly what they want. Yeah. And so as coach, as the technology is developing in AI and now coaches are starting to use these chat boxes in different formats of AI, whether it's be pictures or text or video, yeah. is that something that an AI technology that you might be implementing into Kahunas, is this thinking further down the line of how can you constantly evolve Kahunas into the future platform? Yeah, exactly right. AI is going to be a massive part of what we do, but I don't ever want to remove the the trust and personal relationship that coaches have with their clients, because that really is where the value is, right? And so even if, I mean, if you surveyed probably like, I'm just hypothetically coming up with this, right? But if you surveyed a thousand people, depending on their age group again, so if people are in their late thirties, forties, let's say, and you ask them, if you could get the exact same plan from a coach as you could from an AI, would you prefer a coach or an AI? And most of them are, I would argue are going to say they're going to prefer a coach because it's not just about having the plan. It's the personal relationship. It's building that trust and having someone that you can go to, someone that understands your pain and the suffering, everything you've had to go through to get an end result. And an AI currently isn't able to understand that. And so what I want to do at Kahuna's is provide you with the prompts and tools so that you can do your job more efficiently. And so what I mean by that is, let's say you've got 60 clients and we've integrated wearables. That's coming in like October, right? So imagine that's in place. Imagine we've got our new nutrition builder, workout builder. So you've now got thousands of data points for Sally or whoever your client is. Yeah. And you now have to go through all of that to figure out what is happening with Sally. And because you have 30, 40, 50 clients, each time you go into a client each week, you're going to have to recap and go through all this data again to figure out where you're at. And what I want to do is use AI to really simplify that process right down into benchmarking Sally's data against everyone else. So if we have 100,000 users, we can benchmark Sally for her demographic against every single other person in there. And then you logging into the system, we can say, Sally, in comparison to everyone else, is struggling with X, Y, and Z. This is what you should look at. And then it will guide you to where you might want to check things out and you'll just make decisions. And ultimately, through automation, eventually we'll get to a point of you could press a button that would implement that. But in the beginning, it's just going to help you navigate that data so that you can make better decisions for your clients. That's amazing. And obviously, if you implement changes too fast, users will get confused and it'll deter them from using the app. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you don't, like, you never want, and this is why I'm, my argument against spreadsheets is that yeah. you don't want clients. You don't want to send over a spreadsheet to a client with a loom video saying like here's where you're going to plot everything go to this tab to do this and the other and back and forward like you, you're trying to get your client to develop a whole new habit in something that they've never done and imagine someone in their like mid-20s or late 20s 
and they just don't use spreadsheets in any aspect of their life and you're asking them to do it. Whereas yeah. if you give, give someone an app, that literally you log into the app and it says check-in and there's a button that says check-in or it says workout and there's a button that says workout. Like it's, you're removing like the pain for your clients to have to use your service and the easier you can make that, then the more likely they are to, to stay with you, enjoy the experience and have less resistance to continue. And on the coach's perspective, the faster I can make it, the more clients I can fulfill in a shorter period, the more money I can make. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole point is automation isn't about allowing you to scam people, con people, do a crappy job. It's about automation is making your output more efficient. If you can put like this much input and get that much output instead of this much input and that much output, then like, why wouldn't you do it? It's, it's. They're designed to help you make your life easier and more efficient and just save you time in the stuff that, that I always say this, we want to give you this, the tools and systems so that you don't have to do the things that you shouldn't be doing, like trawling through data, figuring stuff out. Like you're a coach, you have the expertise and knowledge and the relationship with your client to know what to do. We're just going to guide you in that process. And then you ultimately make the, the decisions. Yeah, that's amazing. And there's a... Um... When I think back to every platform that you've been involved in, yeah. you've, you've always been able to identify the pain points. So when I look at Trained by JP, you were very clear in the demographic you were going for. It was not fitness. It was a very, even within bodybuilding, it was very niche. And, it, yeah. and that obviously we now know, we've always known that being as niche as possible is, is the best thing that you can do because you'll target that one core people. Again, yeah. moving back into community building. And then when you look at Gambaru and you look at John Jewett, they're very different, and they're, these platforms target people in very different ways. So have, have you been heavily involved in not just the data side, but literally in the marketing point of who are we actually targeting, who are we trying to speak to, and how are we going to help? Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's, and it's not that I – an involvement, to me, is, is kind of is common sense because it's yeah. – we're not reinventing the wheel with anything, right? It's – if we look at John Dewey and what he offers, then – we would just have a conversation about who our, who our potential person is that's going to purchase from us, right? And we will actually would, would draw this out. So I would, for, for example, sit down with John, give a bunch of questions, and we'll write out our exact customer persona. Who are they? What do they do? What do they like to do? What are their habits? Like everything. Because, and ultimately, these people mirror generally the person who you're working with. So we, did, we didn't do this with Jordan because it, for us, for Jordan and I, it was just so obvious who his audience is. Um, but your audience is nine times out of 10 is people just like you because people like people like them. If you look around all of your friends, you may have one quirky friend that's a bit different, but most of your friends are going to be interested in similar sports as you, similar, they're going to have similar financial like status as you. They're going to like your network is people very similar to you because yeah. we like people like us. And so if you can take that and give and put it out online, then you'll build a community of like-minded people. And there's yeah. no point in trying to, I, I, you'd never be able to sell, like I can sell John Jewett's course to a, like a, a mum who's like training other mums. Like that's just never going to work. So um, it's very important to identify like who is your customer and, and what your brand is. Like what does that stand for? And what does it mean to your customer? Your audience end up kind of being a mirror of you. So you yeah. mirror your audience because you look at yourself and that's who you end up creating and who end up connecting with you because of who you yeah. are. Exactly. And recently on Kahunas, you've been 
making a lot more content. I've seen a lot more short form content as well popping up on my feed, whether it's been recently be done or you've always done it. Um, so now I can recognize when you're saying thank you for what you've done with the platform and you're informing people of what you're going to be doing. I think um, it helps people connect with you as well. So like what's been your core mission from not just the Linker Hornets, but just you, you as a person? All right, my core mission is, um, to, so I always say this to people, like all of us, every single one of us has the same end goal, which is to be happy. Whatever that means to you as an individual, um, we all just want to strive for happiness. And my, my goal is just to not be an asshole. Like, <laughs> like and, and I feel like that's one of the secrets to everything, right? Is that if you, if in everything you do, you're transparent, you're honest, and you're not an asshole, and you just talk to people like we're all in the same boat, we're all trying to achieve this end goal of being happy. There's no reason why anything I'm ever doing should ever impact you in a negative way, ever. Yeah. Like, we can all live our own individual lives, going our own separate ways, without being assholes to each other. And by creating like these communities of like-minded people that um, we can all just help and spur each other on to, to get to where we need. There's no like, I kind of get not pissed off a bit, but there's no, there's no gimmicks or tricks or things to do in success is people always see someone that's successful and they look at like Joe or John or anybody and they see them and, or even muscle building, right? You look at the person who's got big muscles and you want to know what is the one thing that person is doing that I'm not doing that allows them to have muscles. And it's, it, there's nothing different. They've just been doing it probably longer than you, more consistently than you. And so for, for all of us, it's just, we work hard, we put in the hours and there's a little bit of luck involved in it in terms of people you meet and where you're born in the world and all that stuff. But all of us, our end goal is just to be happy. And we should all just work together to do that without being ourselves. So are you as a person very much someone who lives in the present rather than, because anxiety is about thinking in the future and then yeah. regret is in the past. So you're very much a present being uh, in the, like you, you naturally think like you're in, in present all the time. Yeah, I do. Well, and, and I... And the reason for that, like my wife is actually the opposite. So my wife is always the person that's thinking 10 steps ahead. And she's wondering, like, like if I said to her tomorrow, oh, let's open an office in Dubai, she'd be thinking about what furniture we need, like for specific parts of the office, even though we haven't even got an office yet. And whereas I'm the person that's until this has happened, we don't need to worry about all of this stuff that may or may not happen. And I find that that allows me not to be distracted by like what ifs like possibilities of things like yeah. i'm i'm just right now i have one focus and one drive and every day i'm waking up in order to to i'm doing the same things every single day moment i wake up moment i go to bed but it's with purpose of a desired outcome but i don't worry about the if ands and buts of that i i know the outcome will be a byproduct of the day-to-day -day things that i'm doing yeah and um so i love business something that i really studied is people in business mm. uh, when, when you look back through history and look at any big business that's grown over 50 million, there's been actually two characters involved in the business, a barbarian and a visionary. And the visionary is someone that kind of plans and looks further down the line. And the barbarian is that fights the daily battles of operations, doing all the hard work. So one part of it is that I'm recognizing that you're, you are a type of visionary because you're constantly building future-proof platforms, which you've mm. done for the last six, seven years. 
And then the other part, you're, just, you're still doing the daily battle. So within Kahuna's brand, are you actually wearing both hats? Is there someone that you've got alongside you or are you, do, are you wearing both of these hats every day? Yeah, I wear both hats every day. And it's um, it's because I'm, like, honestly, I'm obsessive compulsive with stuff. And I hate I hate doing a, a shit job for people. Like, I, like, truthfully, I obsess over it. And so for me, I remember having a conversation with um, Elliot Wise, who's like a good friend of mine, um, super successful um, entrepreneur, like in multiple different businesses. And we, he came over to Dubai and we had a meeting and we sat down at a table. This was like last year. And he was saying, like, we're talking about kahunas. And, um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm still doing all the support on kahunas. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I went, I've got, I've got no support people. I'm, I'm doing all the messaging every day to everyone. And I was like, what? Why are you doing that? Why haven't you got people in? And I said, because I, I need to understand on a granular level exactly what the pain points are of the people using our system. Like until I've figured that out and I've had those conversations, yeah. I don't want anyone else taking care of that because things will get overlooked and missed. So I need, like, I need to understand things. Like, and, and that's very much my character. Like, I can't just be told something is the way it is because someone said so. I have to find out for myself in the minutest possible detail why something is the way it is so that I can understand it. And so I was doing like up until yeah, end of last year, probably like September, I was doing all, whether it was a DM on Instagram or Facebook or email message, I was doing every single email alongside growing and scaling the business because I needed to understand that. And so that's the like barbarian side, like wearing that hat. But then I am, I do have, I mean, I am a visionary for it. I know what this platform needs to become. It's just, I'm not, anxious about it because i know that although i have this defined outcome of where i want to get to that's a fluid process it's yes. not if i sat here today and said in five years i want x to happen with kahunas it's, it's not going to be that it will be a version of that so i'm not gonna get stressed or anxious about that right now because things will change and we will have problems and speed bumps and shit will happen along the way but it's I've been through that enough times. I just know that if I just keep going. Yes. You've given yourself the evidence in the past. You know that you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, um, so your anxiety, you, you wouldn't have it because you've, if you've done it over and over again, subliminally, you know that I've done this before. I've gone through a territory that I've never done and I can keep repeating. Yeah. And I, I'm honestly a believer of like, what's the worst that can happen, right? So yeah. if, if tomorrow everything disappeared, then I end back, I, I end up at exactly where I was 10 years ago. And that doesn't faze me because twice I've been like on the brink of bankruptcy. At one time it was really serious where I sat across the table from an insolvency practitioner and he was like, you have to declare bankruptcy. I didn't. And so I know what that feels like. I don't ever want to go back to that. But if I did, I know that it's just a brief period in time it's like if you divide your life up into chapters in a book there are some chapters in a book that are going to be soul destroying devastating make you cry make you miserable there are going to be other chapters in that book that are like time for celebration and happiness and everything's amazing yeah and you'd hope that the end chapter is going to be like this big success story but it if the worst thing's going to happen is that i end back up back there i'm still healthy i've still got years left like we can do it all again <laughs> I love that. And, you know, um, I'm a big reader in Stoicism, so I love Stoic philosophy. And, you know, um, in the last four years, I feel that like someone was asking me recently, like, you've been doing really well and your business has been growing. And I, and I explained to that person, I'm due 
failure. So yeah. I'm yet to have failure, a big failure. I've not hit rock bottom in a while. So mm. it's inevitable. Everything good will end. So I'm going to be hitting rock bottom, but how will I react? How will I come yeah. back? Obviously, my goal is to keep winning, but in life, there's going to be knocks. And uh, when the next one comes, you want to be ready. And that's the type of character, the, that mindset that you've got to have to be able to handle it. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said. You said, how will I come back? And that's the, I think, the big thing. Because, and not just in business, but in life, right? Everyone, ever, I think more people are more vocal about this in everyday life than previously. But people suffer with anxiety, depression, um, have days where maybe they don't want to get out of bed. And it's important to know that that period is finite. That's not going to last forever. Like feelings come and go. And quite often for me, my greatest performance comes after those days. So in all aspects, in business, if it's gone shit, the next week is normally 10 times better. If like with depression, anxiety, if I ever am in that state where I don't want to do stuff and we all have those days, coming off the back of that is where I have my greatest moments. And I think that's true for a lot of people. It's just recognizing that it's how you come out of it and that those periods are, are finite. They're not going to last forever. Yeah, I can recognize in your character that you're the complete opposite of entitled. And um, <laughs> when, I, when I take on uh, a lot of coaches, recently I've got some coaches that have a, a large following, let's say 50K to 500K on their, across the social media platforms. And a lot of the times they come with frustration, which is, I'm not making any money. My friends who have less following than me are making far more. They've not understood how to monetize. Mm. And these are the same individuals that would never be messaging everyone on that you're yeah. doing that relentless work because you are wearing every hat before you started to give them out and be like, okay, I can let go of this hat now because I've done it yeah. all. I've done every job. So um, a big turning point that I'm having with coaches is I'm having to identify, is this person willing to wear every hat? Or do they see words like scale on Instagram so early and they think, right, I'm going to be able to scale my company up within to this level because they hear yeah. all these big figures and numbers. Yeah, I agree. And and as far as, far as entitlement, I, every single day, genuinely, I'm grateful that, that I even exist. And that might sound crazy, but uh, there was a... I, I remember reading recently a mathematician who... Um, wrote out in a very, he used a, like a, a really great way of explaining your odds of actually being alive. If you have 2 million dice and each dice has a trillion sides and you roll those 2 million dice and they all land on the same number, that's the same odds as you actually existing at all. And for me, that's like so improbable that I'm even going to be here that the fact that I get to live in this virtual world of digital space where I can have conversations with people in something I enjoy, get excited about getting out of bed for, like I would do this for free. Like the fact that I get paid to do it to me is like a, a bonus. Like I'm so excited, so grateful at that. And I think that sometimes we all need a bit of perspective as to our position in the world and what it is that we're doing. And anybody that's worried about scale earning money and all that stuff those people ultimately in my opinion don't make it it's the so jordan peters as an example right he's the best example of this never ever did he question about how much money um trainboy jp was ever making and this isn't just in the website this was in the nutrition and the clothing as well so 
because of my relationship on the website with him, when the clothing and nutrition was launching, I had a big part in, in that with Jordan and Corin as well. And at no point did they ever care about the numbers because day in, day out, they fucking loved it. Every day of their life was amazing that they get to do this as their life. And, and money was just a byproduct of the enjoyment and like success and passion that they had. It was never a focal point. And I think those people that just do it because they love it are the ones that end up being the most successful. Yeah, and you know, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, wrote there's yeah. two types of people. He wrote, there's people who are trying to get to the destination and the goal, and some people that just want the journey. And the people that want the journey actually go way further. Yeah. Because they just think about everything differently. They're so much more introspective. They think about reality so different just because they're living through each day. Mm. I couldn't ever imagine, ever imagine retiring. Like, ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my, my wife thinks I'm, I don't know, crazy because I have this like uh, insatiable desire to work and I hate even calling it work because it's really not it's like and I describe it as remember when, when you were a kid and it was like four o'clock in the morning on Christmas day and you know you're not supposed to get up because your parents have told you you cannot get up it's Christmas day it's yeah. four o'clock in the morning you have to wait for me I wake up at four o'clock in the morning because I wake up and I'm literally I get that feeling of like Christmas day. Like I, I get to go downstairs and I get to be in a house in Dubai talking to people and doing stuff. And as a result of that, it's making money. And it's just the greatest thing ever. I actually call my work my duty. And I call it duty just because it has to be done. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's just part of your life. And when we look at the most successful people, so let's say we looked at billionaires and we looked at mm. how they've become billionaires, they have a warped sense of reality. And a lot of the times, the billionaire is not going to enjoy this beachfront house. It's going to be his family. He's going to be thinking about work. He's going to be thinking about the next thing. So you've, you've cr created actions from your way of thinking to have all this, well, whatever most people would see as well. But in your mind, it's not about the money. It's about the journey. And from the yeah. outside, many people wouldn't ever see that. They just see yeah. the material things, not the introspective person that you are inside because your character changing is what actually built your business. Mm -hmm. As your character evolves and you stack all the skills on top of your character evolving, Kahuna's, Mark Fox's business, continue to grow. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. And it, that does resonate with me because I, anytime we go on vacation or anything, I hate it. Yeah. Like I, we, we go on vacation and, and for like, the first two days, I'm, when I say don't be an asshole, the first two days on a vacation, I'm an asshole because <laughs> I, I hate the fact that I'm not in my bubble. I actually said to my wife yesterday, we were driving back um, from Abu Dhabi yesterday. Yeah. And I, said to her, I said to her that my office, my office is like literally, uh, it must be, I don't know, three meters by three meters or something. Like it's tiny. Um, and I have the standing desk. And I said to my wife, I know... I know why I'm happiest in my office is because there's, there's no one else there. There's no distractions. It's just me. It's just yeah. me in this literal, like virtual bubble that I have, that I exist in for like 15 hours a day that to me is everything. It's, I love it. And I couldn't care, generally couldn't care less about anything materialistic ever. It, it's yeah. nice to have nice things, but I, it doesn't, it doesn't have any sense of meaning to me. One of my favorite uh, authors, Robert Greene, writes in a very dark room because he creates an environment yeah. that will make his mind, that, that same mindset he's trying to build in the books as well. 
So um, you kind of want to create that perfect environment around you. There's no windows. There's no distractions. There's no yeah. nothing that's going to take your eyes away. And if you if you can go into deep work, that's um, that's a skill itself. Being able to involve in deep work. How yeah. do you, how do you kind of like balance your routine then? So you wake up very early, which you mentioned. So yeah. what's your day normally look like? What's the? Are you, is there a day where? Is there a part of the day where you're in real deep work, or are you just taking your content? How do you organize everything? Yeah, good question. So content for me is I'll, I'll do a batch of content on a day that I feel that I can handle doing content. And so it's I, so like this, being in this conversation and in my bubble, then I, I seem like a very normal, well-rounded person <laughs> that's yeah. capable of dealing with anything. But um, the reality is that in the actual outside world, I struggle greatly. I have huge difficulties in um, like social interactions, in um, big open spaces in like so many different, like if I go to a restaurant, I have to sit in a certain place. If we go to the cinema, I have to sit in a certain place. Like everything has to be booked and I have to know ahead of time exactly what's happening and taking place. Like, so in this environment, um, it, it's very controlled. And so my day is literally, it's pretty much the same every single day. So I get up at like four in the morning, wake up first hour. I'll be answering anything that's happened overnight because our teamwork around the globe so i'll check the slack channel jump into the facebook group um, do all the things that just are there's a lot of tasks but i can handle very quickly and especially at that time in the morning there's very few distractions so i can just kind of smash through them and then after i've done that just check through my checklist of things that i'm going to be doing today like things that are my priorities things so i have like things that have to get done and then things that i would like to get done but if not they could go into like the following day um then uh about an hour or two after getting up, I'll take the dogs for a walk. So I take them out for like 45 minutes, come back, work again. Normally my wife gets up and then we'll have like a five minute, hey, like, do you have a good night's sleep? And that stuff. <laughs> um, get, re get ready, go to the gym. We do like an hour at the gym, come home, and then I'll work from the moment we get home until I have to. And that's some days I could finish at six, but other days I might not finish till eight, nine, on very rare days, 10, 11. Um, but generally that's it and that's seven days a week although we do have we go to cinema once a week so on a, a thursday it has to be a thursday at like 12 one o'clock we'll go to cinema okay so that's your one thing where can you when you're watching a movie are you able to shut from your phone are you are you able to detach yourself and just be immersed or is your mind still busy no so i'm actually going back to cinema this thursday to watch the same film we watched last thursday yeah. because <laughs> The most of the film I was on my phone. Yeah, I'm guilty of this as well, and that's why I asked because I can <laughs> recognize, um, like, if I'm with someone, I know it's bothering them that I'm on my phone, but yeah. my mind is elsewhere. Yeah, I'm just like, and it's almost like in those moments I'm on my phone that the cinema doesn't exist. It, yeah. As loud as it is, and the big screen lights and everything, in that moment I'm, I may as well be here in my room. It's like nothing else exists outside of this little bubble that i've got myself in and so that's why i need to go back and watch this film again because like it just didn't exist for me in those moments that i was like working so users will benefit from your comp compulsive way of thinking because you'll create great things people around you will be affected in a different manner because you're too busy creating things for others rather than being in the present because obviously we're talking about being in the present and future and one part of being in the present is actually noticing what's around you but uh, yeah. 
I think it's always hard to switch off. I think it's going to be for anyone that's chasing a really big goal, especially when you're like, how big is the Kahuna's team now? How many people are you actually working with? Uh, so we have, so because currently, so I'm still working with um, John Jewett and uh, Joe Bennett, Hype Show, the coach, and they're going re- really well. So that Kahuna's combined, I just hired two more people. So we've got like 43 people um, across the team now. So there's 43 people. And then that same team of uh, developers and coders will also be helping the other businesses that you're involved in. Um, so those teams are like then segmented out. So we have like a project manager and developers and team specific for uh, John and for Joe. And then we have a team specific for Kahunas as well. That's great. And, and I guess that um, that's, that scale that you've seen through your business, is there now a pivotal point where Kahunas is going to need a new, another part of growth or is it, is it going to be going steady with this stuff? Yeah, we need, we're like on constant hire right now. Yeah. So, I think realistically by end of the year, we'll have probably close to a hundred people, I think. Um, and the technical infrastructure is, uh, getting very large uh, yeah. in terms of like what we have to do. The, an important thing for me is let's say, for example, that a bug does occur, that bug shouldn't affect everyone else's experience on the platform. And so you need, a, a an extremely comprehensive technical infrastructure to be able to continue to operate regardless of if there's one issue somewhere and so at the moment we're working through we're actually hiring in a another company to build out our whole technical infrastructure because now it's above kind of my understanding of how it all should be yeah and that's uh, it's amazing that you recognize that and again it goes back into not having an ego and recognizing what your company needs is bigger than sometimes what the skills that we have so do you have mentors do you have someone that's kind of like helped you or how's what's your learning been like no, and I hate, I feel always feel bad saying that because I know lots of people do have mentors, yeah. um, but I've literally always been, and I and I know, and I'm going to say I know, and I truly, re- I recommend mentors to people because of the value that it gives in having. It's just a fast track for you. If someone's been there and done it, then they can tell you you're probably going to have all these things come up. Here's how you avoid them, or here's how you navigate those in your period of growth, or in coaching, or whatever it is. And I don't know why, but there's something, I guess, slightly self-destructive about me that I like to go through the suffering to figure it out for myself. Yeah. So that, because I want to, if something goes wrong, I want to understand why that went wrong so yeah. that I can then equip myself with the tools I need to ensure that doesn't happen again. And I feel like as beneficial as a mentor is for me, by facing those challenges, I feel that overall it's going to be, it's going to take longer to get to where I want to get to. But overall, I feel that it makes me a more comprehensive leader for like everyone in the business. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it makes a complete sense because you want to have the scars and you want to have the pain. So then therefore yeah. you and cause you, it makes you a far better teacher having scars than, than just someone telling you and skipping all those steps. So I do actually get that side of it. Obviously, there is a shortcut and a cheat code, which is getting someone who's already lived through it to give you all that pathway and that jump up. But then you would never have learned those lessons from failing. Yeah, and I love it. And that's part of the journey for me. Where you were talking earlier about like enjoying the journey and being part of the journey, that is the most exciting part. And whether it's a good or a bad thing, like if it's a bad thing, and like we said, after bad periods or periods that aren't so great, you then have these moments of greatness. It's it's kind of like the pain of 
eventually you're doing like loads of reps on exercise in the gym and you've got all this lactic acid building up and it's painful and you're like oh i don't like this it's horrible but then yeah. the moment you stop your body's like oh that was like that was awesome and it's kind of like that with with anything if you go through that period of pain it sucks at the time but when you figure out what caused that and you fix it that moment afterwards is like elation that we're, like we're on to the next step now we figured that out that's never going to happen again and like now we can make this better yeah that's amazing and do you know when i'm speaking to you i would describe you as a successful individual but i'm not sure if you would describe yourself as a successful individual or would you and um what does success actually look like for you uh no i don't and my fa my family well because my family will always say that like they'll be like they say like, oh you're successful yourself and i'm like nah like it's yeah there's like I don't know. It's such a weird thing for to quantify. Like, what is success or successful? Well, your definition very early on was happiness. So, yeah, if it's not tied to monetary value, it's tied to your your mood. Yeah, that's very true. Um, huh? That's interesting. You put me in a predicament because I'm happy, but I don't think I'm successful. So I need to revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you know, I had a feeling you so what, what the best conversations I have end up being about the person introspective, where you think internally about your character. And then yeah. because business, as I was mentioning before, is just an extension of our character. And that's why I focus very much on the character. Obviously, we can talk very technical about marketing and about platforms and about coding. We can go into detail. But, it, but the element that every coach, every entrepreneur, every business owner has to go through is uh, in the shift of your mindset and introspection of like yeah. building and building your character. I agree. Uh, it's so important. And I, and I think you really have to block out the noise to do that. Like stop looking at, because we could have like looked at every other platform out there. And of course we did, but we could have agonized over every other platform out there and what they do and what they represent. But for us, it was important to be true to kahunas and who, who we are yeah mark thank you very much for giving me your time uh i've actually loved speaking to you i think that you've um i can i could have told myself that i could i was um i was under the impression that you're going to be a great conversation to have as well so i think uh, you fulfilled you fulfill that completely and i think people who listen to this will actually take a lot from it not only for understanding about how successful Kahunas is and how it is actually a, a great platform. Even some of my coaches are using it. I came further where through your social media marketing and then very early on through some advocates that you had in Dubai. So I can I can see what you're building and I think it's gonna be incredible. And I'm excited to see how it grows and evolves as your character grows and evolves. Amazing. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate every listener. If you want to share this podcast, comment, like, subscribe to the channel. I'm still a very much a new channel. So if you please can support and share the channel with a friend, share the podcast with a friend, sharing your story. I'm really excited to build out this channel over the next few years. So thank you for your time and I hope you enjoyed listening.